Hello and welcome to the first ever ISARCA and UK Cybersecurity Podcast. My name is Amit Jagnall and I'm your podcast host. Let me first, I'll tell you a bit about me. So I've been in this sector for almost 20 years, predominantly in the finance industry. I'm based in London in the UK and I'm also the Vice President of the ISARCA London chapter. Now, before introducing our esteemed guests who are joining us today for this premier podcast, I'm going to tell you a bit about the pod itself. So let's go back to the 1st of February this year, 2023, when at the ISARCA London chapter annual conference, Professor Simon Hepburn, CEO of the UK Cybersecurity Council, announced that ISARCA and the UK Cybersecurity Council would be partnering on a pilot standardising audit and assurance practices for cybersecurity in the UK. So this partnership crosses the boundaries of cybersecurity and audit professions, combining ISARCA's global knowledge and good practices in audit and assurance with the local expertise, authority and understanding of the UK market that the UK Cybersecurity Council has, with the aim of bringing together a UK-tailored result that's aligned to global frameworks. Now, in this series of podcasts, we're going to explore the various components involved to drive that forward, garnering insights from experts in the field covering the journey of how we got to where we are today, processes and support that you can have in your own development in the industry, and aspects of becoming a licensed body. Today's pod, however, is all about the vision. What is it we're trying to get to? As we delve into this journey of standardizing the cybersecurity profession and gain a better understanding of the relationship between the council and ISARCA and the role that associations and licensing bodies play in the standardizations of those processes. So uh, experts joining us today to have that conversation are Anne-Marie Dan, the Director of Professional Standards at the UK Cybersecurity Council. So hello, Anne-Marie. Hi. And Robin Lyons, Principal of IT Audit Professional Practices at ISARCA. Hello, Robin. Hello. Look, great to have both of you here today for this pod. Um, just to kick us off, I thought, I wonder if you could give our listeners a short intro to, to yourselves, a bit about your background, and also where you're joining us from today. So maybe Amru, could we kick off with you? Hi, I'm Anne-Marie Dan, and I'm Director of Professional Standards uh, at the Council, as you, as you just mentioned. Um, I'm based in just outside London, UK. Um, really a delight to be invited today and working closely with Robin and the team. Um, my background is in professional standards uh, over the last sort of 25, 30 years in the engineering sector and more recently in the cyber security profession. Um, it's really important that we drive up professionalism in the cyber security sector and something that we're very passionate about. And it's an absolute pleasure to be working with ISARCA. Fantastic. And Robin, a bit about you, please. Thank you. Um, Robin Lyons. Um, I work for ISACA, globally headquartered in Illinois. However, I'm based in Colorado in the U.S. Um, I have been in IT audit for several years. I uh, most recently, prior to ISACA, was the subject matter expert for PCI DSS. Prior to that, I was a director of internal audit. Um, and now I'm working in my role at ISACA, where I uh, provide governance um, and uh, thought leadership over IT audit, providing tools and guidance for uh, those in that particular industry. Amazing. So, as I said, experts in the field, lots of experience here. So let's get into uh, into the good stuff. So, and Anne-Marie, if I can open with a question for you. So, why did the council decide to go down the route of standardising specialisms? It's, um, it's obviously a topic, it's a, it's a, a sector that's been growing for a number of years, Um yeah, so why did the council decide to come in and kind of drive standardization? 
Um, yeah, great question. Um, probably worth me putting a bit of context behind this to start with, if I may. Yeah, um, sure. So I think I'd like to mention that prior to the UK Cybersecurity Council being set up, a formation project was commissioned, formed of um, relevant cybersecurity organisations and professional bodies. The formation project team widely consulted with industry um, on how to segment cybersecurity specialisms and published a report setting out 16 main specialisms. That formation project team identified that the breadth and depth of cybersecurity makes it a profession of multiple specialisms. Their work took account of the cybersecurity body of knowledge that contains 21 knowledge areas spread right across five areas. Also, international standards that recognise the specialised nature of the cyber roles, such as the European Cyber Security Skills Framework, which identifies uh, 12 profiles. So with all of this in mind, the UK Cybersecurity Council, often referred to as the Council, started with the high priority specialisms, audit and assurance being one of them. The specialisms chosen to pilot represent what the Council believes are the what core skills needed by an organisation to manage their cyber risk. And these are the first four that we are piloting, governance and risk management, secure system architecture and design, audit and assurance that we're talking about today, and security testing. The council recognises that other specialisms also have a key part to play, and work will begin on these once the processes have been proven through the pilot work we do for the first four, including audit and assurance. The processes include um, identification or development of the relevant specialism standard, formally identifying and onboarding a partner organisation, and in this case, ISARCA, to conduct a pilot with us and uh, with cybersecurity applicants uh, who go through the process and the robust and test the robustness of the processes and the outputs that are set to enable the applicants to achieve professional registration. Once a pilot concludes and the output is deemed successful, the partner organisation will be set up as a licensed body and we would be delighted to work with um, ISARCA as a licensed body. The licensed body's responsibility is to assess the competence for professional registration. And using a standardised approach means that there is transparency, reliability and validity in the work that we do, which is so important, not only to the people working in cyber professional roles, but also to employers and right across the infrastructure of each country. The licence body will be responsible for the um, implementation of our main overarching standard and the contextualised specialism. So when I talk about the main standard, I'm talking about our overarching um, standard for cybersecurity, which is found on our website. We have contextualised certain areas, which I've explained earlier, for piloting. And those specialisms come from that formation project work that was started some time ago. The last thing I wanted to mention was that in May this year, the council appointed its professional standards working group, made up of many different cybersecurity professionals, including those working in audit and assurance, 
working in specialist areas. The job of that working group is to conduct a review of those 16 specialisms as they are now, um, with the ambition of consolidating to a reduced number of specialisms in the future where relevant. The current review of the 16 specialisms is via consultation with a wide community of relevant stakeholders, such as regulators, practitioners and employers. Findings from this review may confirm that a modified set of specialisms are needed, um, and that would be more relevant to the sector going forwards. It's quite a long-winded um, explanation, but I think setting the context of the work that the council are doing is quite important. It's particularly for people who aren't familiar with how it was all set up. Standardising is really important um, because it, it does give that reliability and validity to the processes that we stand behind and that we work with our partners and they share that um, approach. I, I think you're right. The context is really important. So, yeah, there's a lot of information there, but you don't really know where you need to go unless you know where you've come from. I think it's probably the, the, the concept there. And what I heard was there's a lot, there's a lot in, in the profession. There are a lot of specialisms, there are a lot of focuses, there are a lot of tools, there are a lot of, there's a lot of content. And actually what you're doing is you're trying to bring that together and create a spine that will actually kind of drive some consistency through the profession. You think, is that a fair way to put it in terms of standardization? Yes, I mean, that's a really good question. I think it is a spine. I think you've got to um, take from a fragmented market what you can to make it much easier for the individual to understand where they fit. You've got to understand that they're, they may be working across specialisms and they may have many competencies. So understanding where they actually fit in terms of gaining professional registration, working to one of our um, specialisms is key. And if we can do that as a standardised approach uh, and make our guidance um, relevant to those working in particular cybersecurity roles, that will be crucial to the individual. At the end of the day, it's the applicant, the cyber cybersecurity professional, who is at the heart of what we're trying to do. You know, driving up professionalism within the sector is very important, um, but we've got to support the people working in the sector. And to do that, we need to make sure that our processes are robust and that we can give the right guidance and that they're clear and concise. So I think creating a, a spine, as you put it, is a really excellent way of describing how we're trying to bring together those specialisms, particularly if people are transferable across different specialisms as well. That's, that's fantastic. And actually, you start to touch on actually the title of this of today's podcast, The Vision. So there's a bit in there around kind of what it is we're trying to get to. So could you maybe expand on that bit? What does the council want to get to in the future? Where does the council want to get to in the future of this? Yeah, I mean, we are at an early stage and we are starting out. We're not, I'm not, none of us are at an early stage of developing standards or working with partners to understand competence, skills, frameworks, experience, technical knowledge, certifications, etc. But the, for the future, the council believes it's about the voice of the profession being heard. It's a really important point not what we think, what the profession thinks. The future looks um, towards um, developing and maintaining standards um, and contextualizing specialisms, specialisms where relevant. And this is the aim here is to drive up professional recognition for those working in cybersecurity roles. That's not to say there isn't professionalism already there, but we are going an extra step, I suppose, to drive it up further and gain that professional recognition 
um, for certain roles in particular sectors. Pathways um, enabling those um, working in cybersecurity to achieve professional registration in the categories of um, chartered, principal and associate. It's a core part of the current and future work of the council. Working collaboratively with licensed bodies helps us to do this um, such, and, and our partners, certification bodies, regulators and other organisations working in cyber. They play a key role working with us. Um, to support the council's strategy and future outlook, supporting the professional recognition of the cybersecurity people working in the sector. So working with employers is really key as well. Um, it's a key part of our current and future work to ensure we liaise with them on a very regular basis to understand their needs and how professional registration plays a part in their organisations. In terms of competence, um, in terms of business continuity, in terms of supporting the professional development of their cybersecurity staff, and in some cases, staff retention, talent management, and all those other areas of, make, of making a good and effective workforce um, happy, content to do the work that they're doing, and highly competent. Oh, fantastic. Well, look, um... Some, some uh, already some amazing insights there uh, from the perspective of the of the council, as I should, as I should call it. Um, I want to know. It'd be good to bring you in here, Robin, and uh, just thinking of the Osaka point of view. And Osaka in the audit and assurance space is a stalwart. Certainly, since I've been in the industry, Osaka is synonymous with the audit and, and assurance sector. Uh, but more recently, the focus has been on digital trust and supporting individuals and organisations achieve digital trust. So, in the context of this conversation, the context of the vision of, of what we're trying to achieve collectively here. What's the ISARCA view of the world? Where does ISARCA want to get to yeah. in the future? I'm happy that you mentioned digital trust because I think that digital trust is absolutely an area that ISARCA will focus on in the future. We're already working in that area, but I do believe that as we work towards digital trust and a high level uh, working definition of that would be uh, confidence between providers and consumers in a digital ecosystem. That's definitely an area where ISACA will continue to focus its efforts. Um, and all of this is under the guise um, through effective cybersecurity measures, um, because we will create digital trust once we have maturity in the cybersecurity um, arena. Um, an additional area relates to digital transformation and I think we've all heard that term. We're familiar with it because we're, we're in the thick of it right now. Um, so digital transformation is something else that's very dynamic. It's not static. Um, and we know that auditors as well as risk and security practitioners are expected to provide um, holistic, and by that I mean end-to-end, -end, um, guidance and expertise in this area. Auditors in particular um, have a, a fantastic opportunity to provide help to um, their organizations, to their clients, as they're able to speak to risks and um, speak to controls uh, that will help organizations make sure that they are operating in a, a manner that's uh, aligned with the risk that's acceptable to each organization. So I believe that digital trust and digital transformation will be areas that ISACA is focusing on now and will continue to focus on in the future. Yeah, you know, so look, it's great to hear that ISACA's perspective actually, and it's, it's quite refreshing to to think of the direction of travel as well in terms of digital trust. Um, I want to just fine tune this the conversation now. We look at audit and assurance specifically. Um, and actually, it's a question for both of you, really. Why, why was audit and assurance selected as a specialism in, 
yeah, if you like, audit insurance as an entity in itself. What was the, the thinking behind that? Um, Anne-Marie, maybe we can open up with your thoughts on that. Yeah, so audit and insurance was considered to be a high-priority specialism. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning, it's one of those four that we started with and it was prioritised. Um, it's key to any cyber solution in building user confidence. In addition to this, the council works collaboratively with the National Cybersecurity Centre in the UK, and a key focus for the UK government is on moving to a more integrated assurance model. Thinking more about why audit and assurance is so important brings me to the point that essentially uh, this work focuses on verifying that the specialised um, cybersecurity controls have been implemented in accordance with the risk management plan with assessments of threats and vulnerabilities. Attention to detail is imperative as it helps spot potential inconsistencies in process and policy. And that's where we look to our chartered and our principal um, registrants um, to be hold that level of competence. Those working in audit and assurance roles will know that identifying points of failure in effective areas to investigate are crucial. So for those reasons, that's why the audit and assurance was selected as one of the high priority areas for us to develop as a contextualised specialism. Yeah, and I guess it can, it can be a kind of, well, in the sector or the industry I'm quite familiar with in finance, it typically is, you know, your third line of defence, right? It's, you know, if, if the first line's missed it and the second line's missed it, the third line should catch yeah, it. Absolutely. So it is, it is kind of the sort of the safety net in many ways. So it's a definitely a really important aspect. Um, Robin, your thoughts around audit and assurance and why that was selected as a specialism? With a background in audit, I, I will admit that I'm biased, but I think that the importance of, of audit and assurance as a specialism, because I think it's the beginning of organizations having an opportunity to gain assurance around um, their practices. And I think that auditors can provide that independent and that objective view as to whether or not um, practices are aligned with organizational strategies, missions, and objectives, and auditors play a crucial role in that. So to have a specialism in that area, I think, was, was absolutely uh, critical. Another benefit that auditors can provide, and that's why this specialism is so important, is auditors can be that bridge between the organization and the board. And so the auditors can provide that information to the audit committee of the board of trustees or the board of directors so that those board members understand the environment that the organization is operating in. And the auditors can also play that crucial role of making sure that there's not just awareness, but also understanding of the board uh, with what the organization is going through. So I think it's absolutely critical. I think that ISACA was also poised to partner with the council because the council's uh, certification framework aligns uh, or has mappings to ISACA's credentials within. Uh, so in particular, I think the CISA, um, Certified Information Systems Auditor, as well as the Cybersecurity Fundamentals and Cybersecurity Auditor uh, Certificates um, are also um, aligned to what the council was trying to do. So I think that we had a framework in place through our certifications um, that were already aligned and that could be leveraged um, as ISACA worked with the council. You touched on, you've touched on a few things that I was actually going to ask in my next question, but we'll maybe just pull on that thread a bit still, because I think it's quite interesting. Right? So I've said it already, ISACA is is known, it's a stalwart in the, in the IT audit industry. It's, it's been around for years. I mean, COVID was, COVID was a revolution at one point, right, for, for the audit sector. Um, but the world has changed a lot as well. So just thinking in terms of the, the driving behind the partnership around ISACA's global knowledge, uh, delivery of best practice or good practices in the sector, 
What, what else was there in terms of the importance around ISARCA working with the councils? That's, that's a question for yourself, Robin, just in terms of, it sounds like you're saying there's lots of synergies, there's lots of connections. Is there anything else in terms of what we're trying to drive towards in that vision that you think is really important for ISARCA and the council? Yep, absolutely. Um, I will say that by collaborating with the council, ISOC was able to continue its efforts as far as um, advocating for effective cybersecurity measures. And it's worked through uh, with governments and with institutions that ISOC is able to make a lot of progress in this particular area. Um, ISOC has also released uh, European guidance on cybersecurity. And by sharing expertise in our resources, as you mentioned, um, we're able to to help organizations and to to uh, to move forward as far as effectiveness in, in the area of cybersecurity. Also, as an industry, um, I think we have to talk about it, and that's bridging the skills gap. Um, we've talked about it for some time, but I think unfortunately that conversation will have to continue because we have to continue to make progress um, in in closing that gap. So. ISACA actually had a state of cybersecurity global survey in 2022 where respondents mentioned that they have um, there's a staff shortage or I'll say better a better choice of words would be it's understaffed and understaffed both in terms of quantity of professionals and then also understaffed in the perspective of whether or not uh, the pr professionals they do have have the skill sets that are needed for the work that needs to be done so that that understaffing, um, has been an issue. It continues to be an issue, and we all need to take our um, take uh, steps to to address or to, to build that gap. I think what's interesting, though, is when we talk about the cybersecurity um, skills gap, it actually dominoes a lot specifically into the audit arena, because if there's a, a known shortage, and again, understaffing uh, either based on number or based on qualifications, auditors are the ones who have to come in and still be able to provide an accurate picture of what risks an organization may have, what the actual picture is, and what that cybersecurity maturity level looks like. So auditors definitely play a role in that. Um, so I think that that was something that ISACA and the council share is uh, that common goal of trying to bridge that skills gap by bringing people into the profession um, and just giving people access to uh, careers in cybersecurity and also an audit. And so I think that the outreach that ISACA has done and continues to do to make this profession accessible and to make it um, a reality and a possibility for people who may not have known about the profession, may not have known about what the opportunities are in the profession, that's also something that uh, the council and ISACA share. Wow. So, so what, I'm, what I'm hearing there is the strength in numbers, work together, collaborate, the sum should be greater than the, what's the worst expression? The sum is greater than the sum of its parts? That's not right, is it? The total is greater than the sum of the parts. Some of the parts. Yeah, clear, uh, yeah I'm, I'm better with IT than I am with uh, famous expressions. <laughs> well, you talked about their synergies, similar strategies, similar desire to address a particular challenge that the industry is facing. So can you tell for the people listening to the, to the podcast, what is the relationship then between the council and ISACA? And maybe Amaru can kind of ask you to lead with that. So there's this partnership, two organizations, particularly in the UK, people familiar with both, um, but also maybe for people who aren't in the UK, what's the relationship between the organizations? Yeah, I'm happy to start with that. We've got a great working relationship with ISARCA and a key reason for partnering with um, ISARCA to drive up the, uh, the work around this contextualizing of specialisms is because ISARCA have shared their expert knowledge and have worked with the council to develop contextualized specialism assessment criteria, 
that's a bit of a mouthful, but the assessment criteria against which an applicant is assessed for audit and assurance to gain professional registration. ISAPA have been instrumental in helping to develop that criteria. And that can only be done by those working closest to the industry and understanding the certification, the competence requirements, the knowledge, the experience, and all of that. Um, so it's important. Um, this is important. Why we partner with those partners who have that level of expertise. Um, and ISAPA understand the competence and the skill of those working in the roles and what their needs are. Um, the other thing about ISARCA is they've been able to input into the development of specific guidance um, for audit and assurance professionals considering um, professional registration and actually setting the way, um, you know, when someone's not quite sure whether they should be proceeding in that direction, ISARCA have that knowledge and an area of expertise that they can lend to the um, applicant who's, who's considering um, applying. Um, it, it's a, the relationship we have with ISAPA, it's a collaborative and helpful approach and it makes the, the difference in the delivery of relevant support for applicants um, and future registrants. And what we don't want to do is create barriers by writing reams of academic content that is just not meaningful to the user. Um, what we want to do is work with a partner that really understands that sector, understands that professional um, approach. Uh, and the competence requirements within that specialism against which they will be assessed. Right. Okay. Wow. So it's it's coming back to that spine, right? It's uh, yeah. It's building the spine, but getting the right the right inputs for the right part of the spine is what I heard in in what you said there, and that's where Isaka is able to contribute. Definitely. Fantastic. Robin, can I get can I get maybe your perspective from an Isaka point of view on that in terms of the relationship between the council? And ISACA, or rather, should I say the relationship between ISACA and the council? Sure, sure. Happy to do that. Um, I will say that, again, it's, it's a shared um, goal that ISACA and the council share, and that is creating um, or bolstering a, a holistic cybersecurity workforce in the UK. Um, ISACA believes firmly in that, as does the council, as, as you know. Um, I think that the council is providing a platform for candidates to um, demonstrate their skills and their knowledge. And as Anne-Marie said, ISAC was able to play a part in that. Um, I think that, as you mentioned before, working together, we're able to make larger strides uh, towards um, towards that goal of, of uh, effective cybersecurity. Um, and that's that's the larger picture. I'll share that as, a, as part of our work uh, with the council and specifically to the audit and assurance specialism, that we had an opportunity to have a workshop with um, um, professionals um, in this space, and they actually played a role in having discussions around the competencies that would ultimately become the benchmark um, for when someone applies to get one of the professional titles that Anne-Marie mentioned. Uh, so that was really a great discussion. It was very nice, I think, to, to actually hear uh, people talk real time about here, here what the industry needs are, and we are going to document those and make those competencies as we grow this profession and, and have create opportunities for people to, to enter the profession and for those who are already in the profession to, to show that they do have those advanced levels of, of uh, skills and knowledge. So that was a, that was a an, I think it was a fun part of, of, uh, of the project so far. And I think that workshop actually set the tone for the collaboration with the council and ISACA because it was, it was a great start, um, a great discussion, and uh, it was a very collaborative approach, which uh, we started off with and which we continue with today. Yeah. Well, and, and actually, that's that's 
a perfect opportunity to plug the next episode that that will be coming. So we haven't quite finished this one yet, but given we've just talked about the workshops, that so for for those listening, the next episode of the podcast will be on the audit and assurance specialism itself and key challenges, lessons that we learned, outputs from the workshops that Robin has just mentioned. So we'll get into the kind of the, the gritty content, if you like, of 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 what's being discussed and what's being looked at in terms of driving that that standardization, but also the enhancement um, around the profession. So. I will, I'll take the opportunity to, to plug plug the next podcast where we'll have uh, some other experts to, to share their views. But thank you for that. You set, set that one up really nicely. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fan um, So look, but, but to bring it to a close, and I think you, you, yeah, it's kind of, you've touched on some of it already. Um, so there might be, these might be quite short answers, but other than you've talked about workshops, you've talked about kind of brainstorming discussions. What has the council and Osaka done so far in terms of collaboration around the audit and assurance specialists? Is there anything in addition to the workshops? Is there anything else in flights? Could you sort of share with our listeners, um, you know, like I said, the gritty content of what may be coming out of the specialism focus itself? So maybe Amru could start, start with you on that one. Yeah, I mean, uh, Robin will uh, go into more detail probably. I'll, I'm going to talk about what we're currently working on now, the collaboration um, and, and the uh, work we're doing to drive the pilot um, with a range of candidates that ISACA have um, been in touch with and who are going through the pilot process with us. Um, so we're currently piloting the audit and assurance specialism with a selection of applicants that ISACA have put forward. It's anticipated that the pilot will work successfully. No reason to suggest not, since ISARCA were involved in that assessment criteria. They understand the audience and they understand the competencies, skills and knowledge of those individuals. Um, and the aim is obviously for those applicants to achieve professional registration in one of the categories that I mentioned, chartered, principal or associate. Again, a lot of this is down to the support provided by the collaborative partnership, the efforts made by the council and ISARCA to ensure that the applicants get the very best guidance from us and feel completely supported. Once that pilot phase completes, um, it's hoped that ISARCA will agree to be in one of the council's licensed bodies um, to assess competence against the um, audit and assurance specialism going forwards. They will then manage that standard and we will work closely with them. This will create a pathway. I spoke about pathways earlier, but people and individuals generally need to know which pathway they're on. They have an idea, but, but if we can provide that level of um, guidance and help that, that demonstrates that they are on that right pathway, that's absolutely key. So after that pilot place completes, as I say, um, we're going to create a pathway enabling the applicants to achieve the registration in one of the titles. Um, and hopefully that will be recognised um, on a wider scale, um, both in the UK, both in their own home countries um, and across the whole cybersecurity sector. Fantastic. So, Robin, yeah, if you could give us your your view on that question. I can, and I can absolutely speak to the nitty gritty part of this because uh, we're we're in the thick of it now. Um, I will say before I talk about the details of that, it's it's been an absolutely wonderful experience to take something from the actual concept 
of a specialism and actually put it into practice. And that's what we've been able to do during the pilot. Um, as far as the nitty gritty part, uh, where we are right now is we are, as Anne-Marie mentioned, there are some candidates who are actually going through the pilot process now. They are pursuing the, the three titles that Anne-Marie mentioned, chartered, principled, and associate. Uh, so we're in the process where we are um, assigning assessors to candidates and there will be um, reviews of applications and those uh, candidates who are deemed uh, uh, suitable to move forward, they will be interviewed and then decisions will be made as to whether or not they will be granted uh, the titles that they have applied for. So that's the nitty gritty of, of where we are right now. Excellent. Well, look, it, it, I mean, it's a, there's a lot we've covered here, right? It's, it's quite exciting in terms of the path forward, the vision. Um, again, as, as is the title of this of this podcast today, it's the, the vision that's being outlined through the partnership and through the focus on the specialism. The vision sounds really exciting. We've talked a lot about the specialism, audit and assurance. What, what are your views for people who may not be in that, in that specialism around access to understanding more about the specialism, be it as a potential future career path, or the way I like to call it, there's an ecosystem here, right? There's an ecosystem of different specialisms that all need to work together. So if someone's not an auditor but wants to understand that part of the ecosystem, where can they access that kind of information? Where can they get an understanding without becoming a specialist themselves? Any thoughts on that, Anne-Marie? There is a lot of information, both on the council website, probably on ISARCA's side as well. And um, certainly from the National Cybersecurity Centre in the UK, explaining um, more about the role of audit and assurance. For those who are starting out and thinking about where they might head their career, and it might be that they want to move into an audit role and want to find out more, I think the idea for the future, um, we will be looking at producing some case studies, which will obviously help people with that uh, information. People who are working in those roles currently where they can actually see real time what those people are doing. Um, it will give them a guide to a real situation of a real person. And I think that helps to embed um, an understanding of what someone, how someone's got to that and what are they currently doing in that job. The other thing we want to do is run some information workshops um, that we'll put on webinars and that we can actually make available um, to wherever you are in the world. And that will give a, an outline of um, what the specialism's about and an indication of typical examples of evidence that you would need if you were thinking of going into that area um, and you were thinking of applying for registration later on. But in terms of career and guidance, the council has uh, another section that looks very closely at career pathways and how that measures up against the, the various skills frameworks that exist, against certifications, qualifications, and the professional titles that we're talking about today. Okay, fantastic. Well, that's, um, hopefully some, there's some snippets in there that people who are interested in the specialism can use to go and find out a bit more um, around the topic. Robin, just I guess, I guess ISACA, the, the ISACA community, typically, again, I said, has been a stalwart in the audit sector. In, in some ways, this, this topic has offered more variety within that, within that field in recent years. But what are your thoughts around those who may not be in, in that specialism themselves? What, what tools can they access to kind of find out more or understand that part of the machine so they can work with it as opposed to against it? Yeah. I, I can't echo strongly enough Anne-Marie's uh, recommendation or guidance to 
talk to people who are already in the profession, I think that that, can, that cannot be overrated um, because those are people who will give someone who's considering the profession um, a real clear and a look at the reality of what it's like to do that work on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and, I, and I think that that, that can't be, um, that's invaluable for anyone who, who's not in the profession who's considering it. I would say too that um, from uh, the perspective of the audit and assurance specialism, uh, the associate title does not have a, a link directly to a specific area like audit. So say for example, if someone is working um, in a space and wants to pursue the associate uh, title, that person would have a chance to demonstrate uh, through uh, achieving that title, some level of skills and knowledge that could apply to a different specialism. So say for example, um, if someone does get the associate title, he or she could go to perhaps risk or audit and assurance. They're not tied to uh, one particular specialism. And it's a good way, um, as I said, just to demonstrate skills at that point in time that the person could leverage as they're working through where exactly do I want to take my career? So I think that's something to consider as well. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like a GPS, through, through a career <laughs> GPS through the sector. So we'll, bring, we'll, we'll start to bring the, the pod to a close. Um, I think it's been fascinating hearing about the opportunity, the kind of organic nature that's been there previously, but then this kind of intentional, this intentional focus around standardization and building the spine, but in some ways still allowing for organic growth and, and development. Um, we've heard a bit around the skills gap and the importance of addressing that, spill, that skills gap and how this standardization can really support driving that opportunities for clearer career pathways. We've heard about the relationship between the council and ISARCAS are two quite powerful organizations coming together to try and drive some consistency and you know, working towards the total. Let me see if I get it right this time. The total being greater than the, than the sum of the parts. I've probably got that wrong, but you know, that's that's not my forte. So, um, But you get the concept. There's a lot of exciting stuff happening in, in this sector. Could you, just to close, when we talk about the vision, would you mind in your own words, whether it's a word or a sentence or a bullet, just give us what you know, your take on the vision. How does it make you feel? What do you think? What do you see is possible? So, Anne-Marie, if we could just start with you, what's your kind of one-liner on the vision? I don't know if I'm doing it in one-liner, but I'll try. Um, I think we've got a huge experienced workforce and people coming through at the early stage at entry level. We've got an opportunity now to grow that experience and knowledge professionalize it, help those individuals to become recognized in their own profession and field of expertise. The value that brings to a business um, is, you know, absolutely tenfold. And I think we have an opportunity through this work we're doing with ISARCA and the development of the contextualized specialisms to really support businesses through the, their very best asset, their people. Well, that's that's very powerful. That's great. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Robin, your your statement, let's call it that closing Good. statement. Good. You gave me you gave me a reprieve on that because I couldn't do a one-liner, so I think <laughs> it is more appropriately called a statement. Um I, I agree with Anne-Marie. I think it's important that when when people are looking at their careers, uh pursuing titles or certifications, it, it's it's a way for them to to demonstrate their skills and their knowledge. But I think Equally important, it's a way for that practitioner to demonstrate a commitment to the profession. 
And so when they have this title that requires continuing education, um, they've made a statement, I'm committed to, to this profession and I'm going to do the best that I can uh, to, to further this profession. And I think that's a valuable part of what this collaboration with the council has done. It's allowed Isaka to, to sort of echo that message that it is important uh, to pursue these titles. Um, I think too, that as people look at titles and Isaka has this as well, we're looking not just at the technical pieces, but also the ethical concerns. Um, and there are within the competencies, there are um, uh, elements that look at, you know, the, the ethical behavior um, of people in, 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 the, in the industry. And I think that's important for practitioners. So I would say that that's, that's my statement. Fantastic. Look, two, two very powerful closing statements. So we'll bring the pod to, to a close. Um, thank you, Anne-Marie, for your contributions and discussion today. Thank you, Robin, the same for what was a very active, dynamic conversation. For those listening, um, this is a series of podcasts. So touching on various topics to do with the, the overall uh, strategy and vision. The next one, as we mentioned, is getting into the gritty content of the audit and assurance specialism. So what are the key challenges? What have we learned through our experiences in the industry? The highlights from those workshops that Robin mentioned, those, where the gritty content was looked at, right? We were kind of kicked around, lots of uh, discussions, lots of debates around what do we do for the profession to take it forward? So I will leave you for this podcast on that note, but I look forward to joining you again. These podcasts come out roughly every month, so I look forward to, to speaking for you again in about a month. Um, and that's it. Goodbye. Thank you very much.